London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to London Property, home of Super Prime. I am your host, Farnas Fazaipo, and today we're in conversation with Lulu Edgerton, who has incredible experience at the top end of the market and has done for some time. Uh, and uh, we're really looking forward to speaking to you again, Lulu. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Farnas. So, um, you've just come here moments after a, a mini budget has been announced. So. Tell us what you think is going on in the market at the moment. Well, um, I think right now we're in the eye of a storm. Um, but I think Jeremy Hunt's mini budget at 11am this morning uh, will go some way to um, calm jitters. And indeed, already the um, stock market has responded well. Um, and... Uh, so anyway, I think really um, it's been an extraordinary five weeks. It's really been an extraordinary year, you know, having uh, recovered from COVID, um, you know, and the fallout in the property world from the sort of the COVID stresses. And then we had um, the stresses around our actual government and who was running us and the shenanigans around the leadership contest, etc. And now this, I mean, it's been very difficult to manage. But I suppose overall, I would say that as long as you remain completely calm and uh, the agent that you instruct is a true professional and comes with lots of years of experience to navigate you through this, um, everything will be fine. I say that uh, not meaning to sound glib. It's just that one mustn't ever lose sight of the fact that our prime super prime real estate is, is an asset class. It's not just a home we live in. It's a very important asset. And um, the super prime area is, you know, you, you can only buy it when it comes to market. It's a bit like a rare picture. You can't just buy a two bedroom flat in Cadogan Square uh, when you want to. You have to wait for it to come up. So I think because there is a sort of shortage of supply and demand, and that remains in place, especially in times of uh, stress in the market, what happens is is that the our, our clients actually don't sell. So ironically, um, you have a sort of um, a situation where even though the market could be uh, have lots of uh, property uh, by which you could buy, you actually don't because what the rich do is they just they just take their properties off the market. So you have this sort of paradox that when the very rich, when the tough gets going, they just retreat. And because a lot of my area is not driven by mortgage sales, they don't have the kind of stress of that. Um, what has been really interesting is the amount of American and Canadian buyers that we've had as a consequence of the dollar. Um, and the currency trade has been incredibly important. Uh, similarly, the euro trade. Um, I mean, a, a purchaser of mine is looking at something at five million and only five weeks ago she was looking at something at four million. So she's made an enormous amount on the currency trade. So it's a meaningful, it's a meaningful transactional win. And so we're sticking to anybody with dollars like glue. It's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, we do get, as agents at the top end of the market, we do get criticized sometimes for always being positive. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is always a way to buy. 
And it depends what you're buying for and how you kind of reshift what you're doing. And I think what you're saying that having someone with experience by your side mm. is a very important thing at this time in the marketplace. And although some of our colleagues think that, you know, market's going to tank, I actually agree with you that I think in these areas, you know, we do defy the laws of economy mm. because people do wait and they do hold and they're, you know, a lot of people, I remember talking to someone once who said, oh, yes, well, my uncle has a penthouse in Lounge Square, but he only, you know, he never comes here and he's owned it for I don't know how many years. And that is the profile of the people that we deal with, where they could hold a 10 million pound property and wait. Well, I think there are a few things in that which I could just unpack. I mean, one with my purchaser base um, it's not about buying the cheap thing. It's about buying the right thing. I mean, I've got some really fantastic English clients uh, and um, he, English buyers, should I say, and um, he's just been incredibly successful, industrial from the, from the north, um, and he wants to buy um, a London apartment for the family up to £9 million. Pounds. We've been looking for two years for the right thing and we still haven't found it. So whatever's going on in the economy isn't going to knock him off his stride because so much about what I do is a discretionary purchase. It's a luxury purchase. They, people don't have to have it, but um, they want to buy it when it comes to the market. Now, the house market is very different. So the Chelsea house market and the Notting Hill and Kensington house market, people are making long-term investments because they're homes, they're places that they want to bring their children up in. So that's, you know, a completely different shift. That's a different set of criteria by which people buy. So they buy for the long term. And if they pay overpay because uh, there's a shortage of stock, they just feel that it will work its way out within a 20 or 30 year um, um, uh, time frame. I mean, I think what has been interesting is that in Knightsbridge and Belgravia, the market has really stuttered. And we thought that uh, once COVID was over and all the planes started coming into London uh, from the Far East and the Middle East, um, that actually transactions would, you know, really start going back into a sort of snappy fashion in Knightsbridge and Belgravia. And what's been interesting is, is that our international purchasers from those regions have been here but they've been in the shops, they've been in the restaurants, they've been buying cars, they've been having fun, but they haven't actually been buying property. So Belgravia is incredibly undervalued considering what it is. And so there's great opportunity there. And we're actually trying to convert some of our English and European buyers back into Belgravia, which is, you know, the architecture's there is so amazing. Um, and it's very much the sort of the romantic period that they particularly like. So we're trying to do some work there, which, um, you know, because that is really very competitive by comparison to, you know, other areas. And, you know, buy, rich people do like buying value if it's the right thing. But it's not the thing that governs them because it's about buying the right thing rather than the cheap thing. And uh, interestingly, talking about Belgravia and, and uh, Knightsbridge also, um, once we did an analysis of the number of transactions that happen and the number of transactions that happened in South Kensington in the same price range were double 
that of Belgravia. I mean, this is going back a few years, mm. but it sort of shows you that people hold on and they don't let go. So when you say people sit and wait for the right thing to come up, and that's what holds the values up, it's actually... You yeah, know. I mean, that's true, because the, the supply line is always tight, rightly or wrongly, artificially or not. The prices are always kept up. But, I mean, I do want to pay huge tribute to both the Grosvenor Estate and the Cadogan Estate, because they've actually really invested in their London estates. I mean, you know, Belgravia is so much nicer to live in now because it's got a wonderful Elizabeth Street. It's got a completely newly redefined Mockcombe Street. Um, you know, the Cadogan have done wonderfully in Chelsea, giving us, uh, you know, Duke of York Square, Pavilion Road. Actually, Grosvenor have also done the wonderful Loud the Market in uh, Pimlico Green. So I think what's interesting is, is that the estates understand themselves that in order to create new communities, you have to create a different kind of infrastructure to just, you know, a garden square and the, the tube being quite near. So I do commend them because they are also looking at their assets and improving them. So I think they, that also has improved the desirability of living in those areas, which means that, you know, when people buy there, they hang on longer. And like you say, they're not under the sort of same financial stress as other people. They hang on for a lifetime, generations maybe. Yeah, no, absolutely. And talking about the estates, you, you see the uh, concierges in uniform walking around yes, the Cadogan estate. In, well, in Eaton Square as well, but also on the Sloan Street, you see, yes. you see the Cadogan ones walking around yes. to be helpful. And, you know, there is this whole sort of lifestyle aspect of it. And with Pavilion Road, apparently you have sustainability things in your leases. Ooh. So the businesses that are chosen to go into Pavilion Road yeah. are all questioned on how they manage their waste, you know, Ooh. where they get their food from, and all that comes into play. So, you know, it's very much on the forefront of their decision-making, obviously. Uh -huh. You already spoke about um, the importance of having uh, someone with a lot of experience being on your side when you're trying to navigate the current market. But what would you say to people uh, who are looking to buy at the moment? Well, I think um, in terms of buying, you've got to, have, you've got to work with an agent uh, who's got lots of experience because it's not just about what's on the market, it's about what's off the market as well. Um, that may be an agent who's a straightforward selling agent or it may be one of the excellent buying agents that's round and about. Um, and it's really about trying to furnish them with exactly what they want. And you've got to listen, you know, much more than uh, you, you sort of perhaps used to in the olden days. I mean, people are very specific about where they want to be. Um, and I think, you know, the good Lord gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You've got to listen twice as much as you talk. Uh, and that's quite a, a challenge for estate agents because we do... Uh, bang on so but um you know people want to be helped and you know with with um, the sort of the client base and the purchaser base that we have you know they want advice you know rich people surround themselves with advisors they pay for advice because that's what they're used to and so i think don't be shy if you know there is something that's off market which requires a fee don't be shy of saying to this person that you built a great relationship with i do need a fee in which to acquire this for you 
But I think more than that, I think buyers in my market, you know, they're very, um, you know, they if they if they, you know, a lot of them have made their own wealth, and so are um, they want help, but they don't want to be sold to. If that's the sort of distinction I can make. Similarly, very rich people who are private family money, they want help and advice, but they don't want to be sold to. And I think as you get older in this business, I think you understand that very sort of um, very specific shift of what I'm trying to describe. Um, I mean, personally, I only think that I've become a really good agent in about the last five or six years. I mean, without realizing it, it takes years to become an agent who are people actually trust you and like your company and will listen to what you say. I mean, I have people ringing me from, you know, America saying, can you buy this for me? And they don't even fly into the country to see it. So I think that's that kind of incredible trust and uh, and uh, communion between uh, a purchaser and their agent is something very, very special. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, uh, a lot of the times when you've had so much experience, you're actually able to give comfort to buyers and sellers when they're trying to make their decisions because you've seen so many variations of something that they might be considering. And then you can share that that wisdom with them, which helps them in trying to kind of make a very big decision. Well, I think the people we're dealing with make big decisions all the time in their professional lives. You know, they might be running billion billion dollar companies. You know, they're used to making big decisions. But like I say, what they want is information. Um, and, uh, and, you know, my particular style is very undersell. You know, I quite often work with people for a year or two or three, and I actually actively say, God, I don't really like this flat or I don't really like this house because I don't think you get the sun where you want it or something like that. And that, um, you know, it might be small things, but if you really know your buyer, you'll know actually what matters to them and what doesn't. Um, and with sellers, you know, I think it remains ever thus. It's still quite a price-sensitive market, especially on the apartments, um, houses less so. Um, so... Buyers want your advice, but um, and they're happy to pay for whatever it is. But I think they won't overpay at the moment. So again, there's a distinction between paying up and overpaying. So there's again a, a sort of shift in understanding that about what they will and they won't pay for something. So if you did have a crystal ball, where do you think the market's going to be going over the next twelve months or so? Well, I think in super prime London because there's such a shortage of stock. And like I described earlier, what happens in difficult times is that sellers don't sell. I think actually prices will sort of slightly move up. But I think outside of super prime, which is very much more mortgage orientated, I think we may find prices do soften a bit. Um, and if you know, you've got the three Ds, divorce, debt or death, and you're compelled to sell, I think it may be quite challenging. Um, but there's always a purchaser. You know, if the price is right, there's always a purchaser because we only sell in really sort of fantastic areas. What do you think will, will affect the uh, possibility of prices softening in areas where they're more mortgage-driven? 
Well, I think we're in areas which are more mortgage-driven, which on the whole are just outside of the super prime zones, I think uh, it might be quite challenging if you suddenly had to do a quick sale. Um, the trouble is, it's not that uh, you're selling, it's just that the purchasers in zones outside of super prime, more, more of them uh, require financing and getting a mortgage. And right now, I'm not sure how many people are going to get involved in getting a mortgage at these high interest rates. So what happens is you're very reliant on a cash purchaser. Now, cash purchasers are very prevalent. And I mean, most of the deals and transactions I do are totally cash purchases. Um, outside of super prime, that is not the case. Um, so, you know, I think there, there, there may be a softening in prices. Um, and I think that could be quite problematic. I think it'll be quite short lived. I think it'll just be a year or two. Because I think the government is set on a course to make sure that there's confidence around our sort of fiscal probity, which will mean that, you know, um, stock market will improve, interest rates will be able to come down. But, you know, I'm not a, an economist. I think maybe this is what I hope. Um, but um, um, London is attractive to so many different people from all over the world for so many different reasons and often for many reasons in one. But have you noticed uh, any particular areas in the world where people are kind of new to focusing in on London? Well, I think definitely the Americans and the Canadians have come back to where I operate from, which is in Sloane Street, because a lot of them would go north of the park because the American school is up there. But actually what's been really interesting is how many, you know, Americans and Canadians I'm, I'm dealing with who want to buy in the Cadogans, in Belgravia, you know, Lennox Gardens, even one or two houses and stuff like that. And that's been quite a revelation. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're buying very substantially here. And do you think that's currency driven or do you think it's, it's a little bit political as well? I think it's political. I think uh, some of them are making a decision to move away from America. I can't speak for Canada. Um, and the currency is incredibly attractive. I mean, you know, it's a quarter cheaper than it was. And are house market and flat market behaving differently? I mean, the, the house market is still pretty strong that it's a domestic market. So that's either an English market or a European market, Europeans who live here um, or people with British passports who live here. So that's very heavily governed by that. But, you know, uh, one of the you know, there are some very, very big transactions happening in the house market with Americans and Canadians as well. So uh, they're traditionally more apartment buyers, but they've switched over um, as they make their homes here. So that's been interesting. And uh, finally, how are the new developments reacting? Uh, well, the new developments are doing actually really well. I mean, we're... Um, mandated with the old war office and the peninsula um, and they're doing incredibly well some fantastic sales have happened in both those um, i understand that one grosvenor square is um, doing really well the loader development and i understand that the finch hatton one at the other one 20, 20 grosvenor square that's now all sold 
Uh, Chelsea Barracks is doing really well. So, you know, I think if you're a brand new development, you're funny enough doing rather better than a second-hand development where you're, you're doing resales. Um, that's always the challenge is because you've got the, the brand new developments and they're sort of much shinier with more amenity and than, the, than the developments which were perhaps done 10 or 20 years ago. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for that insight. And uh, for our listeners, if you need to get in touch with Lulu or any of our other experts, then uh, do head over to our website where you can listen to their insight and uh, get yourself prepared for your next sale or your purchase. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.